0: And we pay a lot of money for CrossFit and SoulCycle and these productions and these experiences. But if that fun metric isn't there, you might still be missing out on something.
1: That's Brogan Graham. More from him coming up next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. What is up, everybody? My name is Kelly. Welcome to another interview edition of the show. I hope you've had a week filled with motivating movement. I have, so feeling good going into the weekend. And I wonder when I say that, how good you're getting at creating those moments, those motivating moments, rather than just hoping that they happen. Because there's skill involved, and unfortunately, these skills don't get much oxygen these days in The popular fitness discourse, which is why most fitness routines, in my opinion, fizzle out. They've been starved of the nutrient dense type of motivation that make an active lifestyle possible. And of course, I tease that out really specifically in my book Feel Like It for You. And you know, there's actually this insane narrative going on out there that motivation is garbage. I don't know if you've seen it or heard about it. Well, I'm here every Friday to tell you it isn't. Not in the slightest. It's just that motivation seems mysterious to a lot of people. It's slippery and difficult to hang on to, at least for long periods of time. And that's sort of where episodes like this one come into play. Part one of a special two-parter. Getting motivated and staying motivated over the long haul doesn't have to be mysterious. Getting there, first and foremost, is about asking different questions when it comes to active living. Questions that You haven't really heard from today's popular fitness culture. And to catch my drift, check out episode 15 on decoding success. But you know what else that matters? Trying new things, making fitness a little more social, creating routines and rituals with intention. And no one knows this better than my guest today. He and his pal bottled all this up into something so unique and so powerful it spread worldwide totally grassroots, organically. What was it? The planet's most popular free outdoor fitness movement. And I say planet because not only does it have a strong foothold here in North America, the movement has chapters all over the world. France, Indonesia, Iceland, Australia, Hong Kong, Serbia, but also in american cities such as orlando, san francisco, kansas city, dallas, rochester, uh, seattle, la, new york, atlanta, even in providence, rhode island. and of course it's in several canadian cities too, edmonton, victoria, winnipeg, regina, toronto, and of course in my home city, ottawa. there's 52 cities in total and growing. and here's the thing, it's all seasons. it never cancels. rain, hail, snow, It's probably more reliable than the Postal Service, at least here in Canada. And how wild is that? Well, that is November Project. And today, I'm talking with one half of the co-founders, Brogan Graham. He's a pretty hip guy, and his resume is speckled with super cool stuff. He's co-authored a book. He's made the cover of Runner's World magazine. And legend has it, he's even crowd-surfed at a TED Talk. His own TED Talk about how to start a movement. But how did the November Project movement get here? How did it get to 52 cities and have so much success? Well, it all started when he and his buddy, Boyan Mandarich, decided to become morning people and start working out together outside in, you guessed it, November, in Boston, in the cold. And then they invited others, no fees, no equipment, just people. And over eight years, these two people grew into 52 cities. But why has it been so successful? Well, why don't we ask Brogan Graham himself? So take a listen of our interview together where we deep dive into November Project, including its origins, its evolution, and a little bit about Brogan's refreshing fitness philosophy.
0: Dan Graham likes you, then I love you. And that guy hates everybody. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's good, man. I appreciate you jumping on, and I appreciate uh, multiple perspectives on NP. Oftentimes, my buddy and I, my co-founder, or locally you know, the, the sets uh, or the trios of co-leaders, you know, they tell, they have the most access to tell these stories. So I'm always really inspired when someone grabs the steering wheel from their position as a member, or in your case, someone who's been in different cities and as a dad. And so, uh, so thank you. And I hope to learn something from you today about how this whole experience has come to life. Cause it's, um, it's ever changing.
1: Well, you know, I, I, uh, I'm never short on analysis. So. Cool. <laughs> so I got I got things to say, but I really want to hear from you. And I know it's very difficult to describe what November Project is. Right. And I want to give a quote. I want to turn a quote back to you that I just love from one of your previous interviews when someone asked okay. you about it. Cool. Um, you said it's not a boot camp. It's not a run club. And you said, really, it's a movement. To understand a movement, though, it's something you need to experience. It's hard to understand from the outside it's hard to feel what makes it so unique and why is it so tricky to tell people exactly what it is about
0: you know it's just it's an ongoing odd kind of murky what is I mean what is it what is it first of all shout out to your leaders there in in Ottawa don't put this part in the podcast but I love them we can't rank the co-leaders but they're the they're the best in the world okay so um yeah so what is it so um People before they are willing to try a new thing. And this is an unfortunate characteristic about many people that I've run into. I don't want to say all people, but let's put it in a box. Okay, so it's not a spin class. Okay, so it's not that. I know what that is and it's not that. Okay, so is it a running thing? I think people are more comfortable taking a first step if it's something that they're prepared for the, the look and feel. And um, I think that's common and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think we struggle to get people to make a leap and something that's so hard to explain. And then oftentimes, once they've been for the first time or for the first week, they look back over their shoulder and they're like, yeah, this is kind of different, slash, weird, slash, about the feel. You know the, you know, the most important word I think that jumped out of that quote was feel. It feels different. The enthusiasm, the level of buy in, uh, a slight or sometimes a heavy dose of like the spirituality, and not necessarily like kind of an occult way, but more of in a fun way. All of those things. Like the thing I thought you were going to say was about um, the run club piece. And the thing I say, probably more than ever, is if it had been a running club, if November Project started in Boston with two guys who wanted to start something called November Project Run Club, we'll never know. But I don't think it would have had success in grabbing someone's attention and having it be hard to explain. Part of the intrigue is that the 15th time Frank comes to the office and he's super, super stoked and he still can't really explain what it is, this hmm. November Project thing, that last piece of mystery, it just leaves more to talk about. If Frank's coming from a running club, you might never have to go. Running sucks, so I'm not going, you know? and so. The 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 intrigue I think lives in the in the mystery maybe
1: maybe oh I think you nailed it there that there is a little bit of mystery and it's you know in a in a way those people who go regularly it's a little bit you know feels like your little secret too because it's like yeah you, you just you can't really fully explain it until you show up and you do it so tell tell uh, I guess the listeners a little bit about what you know someone could expect when they yeah. do show up
0: and as I've slowly come into a little bit more of a Plays of maturity in my life. Just a tad. I am, I entertain this idea of explaining what. Because in my younger years at NPO, I'd just be like, dude, you better come or stop talking to me. You know, I don't have time for this. It's gonna blow your mind. That's all I can say. And I lived in kind of a more confident place of like, or or take all your questions and never come. That's that'll be great for you. Don't try new stuff. You know, I would like yeah. had a little more attitude about it. So now to say, What can you expect? Because in 52 cities, it's going to be very different from city to city. So what can you expect? It's a morning workout. It's outside. It's free. Not your first time or your trial period. It's free forever. Um, You're going to move your body. So you can expect to have some body weight movements mixed in with some kind of running or jogging or walking mixed in with some kind of churning or interaction with the people that are there from a couple dozen to a couple hundred people. It's always on. I think that's like one that's easy to say, but it's hard to really believe until you're there in a snowstorm. It's always happening. Uh, It's always on time, and so for something that's so seemingly grassroots, it's always on time, and it's and it's one of those deals where if you get the flu, that's fine. Don't come next week, but when you come back, it's always on time. It's always happening. So um, it's. I think it's super enthusiastic. I think it's super upbeat. But the people that need to stand on the sidelines and get exactly what the workout will be, I mean, I don't know. I, now I just, now I live in Minneapolis and I go this morning, I went to the November Project Minneapolis workout that was at Minnehaha Falls. We met at the bottom of this waterfall and it was completely dark and the water's booming and it's so, it's creepy. It's weird and it's funny and it's interesting, but I don't know what the workout's gonna be. I, I mean, I claim to be one of the leaders of this whole organization and I don't know what we're gonna do. So if someone really needed to know what the workout was or exactly what to wear, that's probably not going to be the right thing. So if you follow that, if you follow that thread through, if someone needs the exact calorie you know, output, then they might not ever go. So the people that are there, at least for one moment of their life, were willing to to just kind of throw caution to the wind. And I think that then if you have a collection of those people who keep showing up for each other and then have that same shared characteristic of like, yeah, I'll try this. And then they're kind of fun, or at least entertained by these wild leaders this group ends up, and I don't want to say across the board, but for the most part, it's super fun. The group has a fun energy, and we pay a lot of money for CrossFit and, and SoulCycle and these, these productions and these experiences and, and being hosted or being so, like, told what to do. But if that fun metric isn't there, you might still be missing out on something.
1: Yeah. And so it's not, you know, there's, it doesn't necessarily need bells and whistles and intense music and stuff like that. It's the people and the atmosphere that is created at 6 30 AM with dozens and dozens of other like-minded people who are there because they really want to be, uh, that really creates that special sauce, so to speak.
0: And let's just be clear. Like and I used to throw so much shade at the fitness industry and I've come to a place now where if someone comes to NP and they're huge into step aerobics and they come to November project and they just feel like it's too much running and they really don't need the motivation of other people. They really do like doing their step aerobics DVD in their living room. And that's their thing. I love that. I just think November project is such a solve for a lack of social, a lack of human connection and then a lack of push to get moving. So if someone has the push to get moving and they're in their living room with their cat and that's all they need for their social and I'm not even joking, like that's great. I just feel it's more common that people are looking around for something new and upbeat and fun and a way to interact, and there's not a lot that's like November Project in those metrics.
1: No, and that goes to I think it's definitely scratches an itch. It's it's like you say it's maybe not for everyone, but I always say like people who like it like it a lot. Like it <laughs> definitely scratches an itch, and you know maybe exposes some a, a need that just has been out there that it just clearly fills. So maybe if uh, people have missed a little social connection in their fitness. Up to now that you know this
0: offers that in speed. Yeah. Right. So many people come for so many different reasons, and so many different kinds of people come for so many. So like you look across the group and you're like, that guy's here to work his ass off. That person is here just for the physical output. You you probably have them in Ottawa. And then yeah, you also yeah. have the person who's like, they're gonna get through the workout because they know a handful of people are gonna go to coffee afterwards, right? And then you have the other person who's got his daughter there. She's four and a half, and they get to share this thing. And it's good modeling as a parent. But like when you're four and a half year olds, they're like, maybe you don't get the same quality work. Some people come there because they just got fired or they're just, they're new to town or, and that the social play is a hundred percent of it. They hate working. So I would say the piece that's probably the same for everyone is when they're there at the beginning and the end of these gatherings. And if anyone's listening who hasn't been, the beginning and ending of these gatherings, the group comes together. And the leader usually says, come on, bring it in, bring it in nice and close. And even just that, like I, I hate to just sit here and talk about world peace and, and all that's wrong with the world and digital detox and like all these things that like I'm really not up on, like I haven't done my studying. I think feel like you probably have. But imagine that. Just imagine a cluster of people with their eyes open, their heads up, looking at a really positive leader who's bringing people together for a really pure reason in a supportive way that thinks that through this interesting, odd, silly, wacky, hardcore workout, they can make Ottawa better. They can make Kansas City just a little bit better. They can make Orlando slightly more connected outside of Disney. Or the folks that haven't left yet to go skiing outside of Denver, they're going to get that Friday morning workout. so, So if all those faces are looking towards that leader, and that leader over time has been proven to be the absolute best person in that area, there's a feeling there. There's a, there's a good, pure, positive feeling. And so you can go down the different routes of like, it feels good to be seen. You don't go next week and you go the following. Someone will say, Oh, where were you last week? That's rare these days. Right. And, um, you know, the fact that you you can only get the November project spray painted shirt by, you know, technically earning it. Well, Grandma can go and walk the workout and she earned it cuz she was there at 629. Okay, so she gets one. But if I show up with 10 shirts for my friends that live in all different parts of the world. No, 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 no. This is earned by participation. So there's like some little pieces of like well that's hardcore. That this isn't there's some parts of this November Project thing that are like rules. And so, you know, your question about, you know, why why people keep coming back. There are elements that really appeal to different kinds of people. But then there's some purity to the whole thing where it's like Man, I I just feel like this gives me something that nothing else in my social and nothing else in my athletic life gives me. Because if you're training for a marathon, you should skip November Project and go run 20 miles by yourself and, and do it without music and plan for that finish line to be in tunnel vision and you're all alone and you're just on the last strings of your athletic ability and just get to the line what is it about a fitness industry now that were maybe a little bit of fun, spirituality, this reminder that we're these outdoor mammals that need to go and jump and frolic and it doesn't have to be so serious all the time. What about that that gives your really elite marathon runner something in their week to replace maybe a light day? It's weird, it's a human experiment that we didn't try and start that we still don't completely understand. And yeah, we have slight marketing backgrounds, but we were not trying to build this. And so, yeah. I think it says a lot about the goodness of people too.
1: Yeah, that oh, it's amazing. That's very well put. Was there a moment as this thing was sort of growing where uh, you're like, "Oh man, this is this is a thing now. Right. This is starting right. to get out of this is out of our hands, kind of now." Sure. Did you, did you have a moment like that?
0: Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple of them. There's a couple of them because there's one story about two guys in one month, and then then that one month turned into a lifestyle that got them through the winter. There's well, that's an that's a the beginning, and then that first spring, summer, fall in Boston, meeting Andrew Ferrance. he was fresh off winning the Stanley Cup. His social media presence on Twitter was humongous. I met the woman who I ended up marrying, and she had a great following through yo- the yoga scene, and so the influx of people coming from different directions, not just our old rower buddies, you know. So there, so there was one point in that second chapter, that Boston chapter, that first summer, early in the summer, where Boyne and I looked at each other. I'll never forget it. We were at Section 37, which is where the November Project Boston still meets, uh, in the Harvard Stadium. And when you're halfway up the section, you kind of look down the row of seats, down the flat end of the horseshoe of a stadium that curves and comes back. And I remember seeing kind of almost like a painting where smaller athletes would be further in the back because they're disappearing from the vantage point and in the foreground, someone who just started. And so I remember looking at this and they're kind of going up and down at different points. And so the sun was out. And I remember looking at Boyne and we were just shaking our heads in disbelief because it looked like a tornado of people. We'd laugh to this day because I think there was 35 people or something, you know? And so, you know, and it just seemed wildly out of hand, but somehow barely organized and like... I don't know if even those people were calling it November Project yet or, you know, like, so um, that was a Boston moment where it felt like this thing, whoa, okay, so this is, there's something happening here. Of course, Andrew kicked it into just the next level. We went from multiple dozens to multiple hundreds with his involvement. And then it was slightly mainstream when media noticed what he was doing. So, so if the Boston story, I think, goes to that moment with 35 people. But almost a year and a half later, the, my, one of my favorite moments of November Project kind of history was so Andrew went back to his hometown in Edmonton to finish his hockey career as the captain, uh, of the Edmonton Oilers. And he like boy and I wanted to go see him or like go to a game or something. And like, this is 2013 in the fall and now their November projects were growing and starting. And we were talking to him kind of, and we were still like friends with him, but like mostly just fanboy, you know? And he's like, yeah, come up. And we're like, ah, cool. can we stay at your house? Like, how's that going to like, I don't know. Like, you're like a hockey star, but we don't really like hockey or no hockey. So, like, we don't, we're not too embarrassed to ask. Like, yeah, crashing my couch is cool. My wife's chill and his daughters were little and it's cool. And then Boyan and I were like, okay, so we'll get to meet his sister and this guy, Nadine, the leaders of November Project Edmonton. I was like, I want to see if my brother wants to go. You know, he was leading Madison at the time. And what if we got everybody together? What if we got all of the leaders of this entire movement together? Now, kind of like the 35 people in the moment in Boston. The entire movement was seven cities. And so that was in total, I think it was 14 or 15 people, leaders. Yeah. And so Boyan and I reached in our pockets and we paid for everyone's flights. And we talked to our friends at Weston hotels. We're still very close with our buddy, Chris Heisler. We're like, dude, we don't have any money. We're, we don't have any money to do this, but we think, I don't know. So if we like put on Twitter, the hashtag, like, how does this work? And this is early days of social So Will you just give us some room? Like, we didn't even know what we asked for. We just need rooms. I don't know, three nights in Edmonton, whatever. You could fit 14 people in one room. Can't oh, you? I know. And so so then, and and this is a weird part of the November Project where it's like, my brother, okay, so I can put him on the floor. But then like, we had like leaders, female leaders and like some of them were like married or like we're kind of, <laughs> hey, it's not an organization yet. But um, and so how do we, okay, then Jen and the Deem, they're going to stay at home. So that, that helps because they're in their home. So we didn't know what we were doing, but we wanted these people who loved this thing that was hard to talk about. And, um, you know, but you got to rent a van and you got to figure out, you know, how you're going to, are we going to pay for everyone's meals? we, you know, no, no, bring money for your own food, I guess. And the first November project summit of all the leaders was that December. And as we traveled to, this is so insane. It's got goosebumps. Uh, when we traveled from these seven cities and I'll tell you them in order, uh, Boston, Madison, San Francisco, Edmonton, and then the three that came on later that year were uh, Denver, D.C., and San Diego. In the Hudson News airport um, stores in every major or even minor airport around the world. So these seven cities of leaders were all coming. We were on the cover of Runner's World magazine that was on the stands. And so we had this idea and the timing was matching up and the media was following and people were using this name and we were having our first leadership summit. And when we arrived to the Edmonton airport, there's not, you know, there's not much to it, but you come out that, especially with the international flights, you come out those doors and we're just, the, the leaders who had gotten there first were waiting at the edge of those doors and they're, they're kind of covered in that smoke glass so you can't see. So every minute it could be the next, and we all only kind of know each other through social media, but the energy, of these leaders just to meet each other, hug it out. Like these aggressive bear hugs. In some cases, like these are complete strangers. Like I just remember like being just full of joy in a way that was like, even if this is it, even if this is the first and last summit and like next year, no one comes to this. It's good that we know each other. And throughout the weekend, we spent time laughing and drinking and running in the snow and it was negative 30. We all got our negative 30 patches from Jen and Adim in the the (laughs) member project Edmonton. And um, we did a sledding workout. It was just all over the place. But that time, Boyan and I stayed Sunday and we flew back Sunday night. Everyone else flew back Saturday and we were laying on our backs, looking up on our respective queen size beds in a hotel. And I think the film guys, the Deuster, Ryan and, and Dylan were still there. And we just, we weren't talking, we were so tired but we both kind of looked at each other and we like, yeah, we need to do this every single year. And, and November Project went from being random and kind of all over the place and different, and we don't really know each other, to like a real hyped, organized, aggressively pointing out into the world with goodness and love type movement. I think we were saying movement before that first NP Summit, but after that, we were just like, dude, the world takeovers could be real. Like, let's, let's, let's do this.
1: It must be hard too. I mean, you've got now so many cities that you you know, that that energy and that camaraderie amongst the leaders. And I know the summit kind of is an invitation to anyone who is into the November project movement who attends no matter what city you're in. Right. But then you've got these uh, you know, fifty plus cities. Uh there's co-leaders, two, three sometimes per city. I maybe more, I'm not too sure. Yeah. Yep. How do you kind of keep tabs of all of that. I mean now this is sort of it requires some organization right on on your part. How do you keep tabs of it of that and and how do you keep the uh you know that I guess the intimacy, I don't know if that's the right word, yeah, you know, intact when everybody's really spread out across the globe now.
0: Yeah, it's hard. Uh it's hard. I think it was hard with seven cities. I think as a leader back then you could Go answer around and see the Denver's doing this thing at a playground and these guys are doing that. They'll, all those guys have a stadium in Boston. Well, that's and kind of learn from each other. You had the bandwidth of, of uh, int- uh, like an interest bandwidth that I think at some point, you know, a year, no, not even six months after that, December in Edmonton, we were at 14 cities. So like it's over time, it's, it's rapidly kind of ramped up. And so I don't blame the current co-leader who says there's just too many leaders to, to get to know. Um, and the meeting of the minds and the summit have always been about connection and connecting leaders. Well, if there's 125 leaders, can I expect them all to either go deep and become really good friends with a few dozen, leaving another hundred leaders that they don't have any connection with, or is a good method to go like on a get to know kind of a barely acquaintance with as many as possible, getting close to 100? You know, either way, I feel like you're shortchanging. So it's a tough thing. I, we, uh, my buddy Boyan and I. Uh, we started the original month back in Boston. We still manage leaders uh, as much as we can and best practices uh, and work with cities that are trying things or struggling with things or are dealing with a challenge or, or rotating through new leaders or leadership or have any issues. Our friend from Northeastern who ran the 800 on the women's track and field team, her name is Laura Green. She started November Project San Francisco. She actually works part-time for us, with us. And is, and is on the weekly email giving updates of who is new and who's stepping in and out and who's got this event or who did this thing that really worked or these folks finally got into the stadium. And so I think storytelling is huge. She does a good job of pairing leaders with uh, sister cities. If you're in Vancouver and you're like, dude, 52 cities is too many. And then Laura says, okay, well this year, your sister city is San Diego. Do some paired up workouts, get on the phone with them, talk about what you're, you know, so she manages a lot of that. And then, you know, it's a funny time to be asking that question because I, you know, th- there, there could be need, whether it's <laughs> this year, we're coming out of 2019 or 2020 or definitely by 2021, where the summit starts to get a, become like a regional thing. Mm. And maybe it's no longer about having the most big, massive showing, but more about the experience in which we're sharing. And so what does that look like? I don't know, you know, but that's those are the things that we get to kind of create and make up. And that's that's part of the fun of this job,
1: you know, over eight, nine years. Is there a story or, you know, stories from members that inspire you personally
0: yeah, I think there's a subset of different themes that I've always just kind of and I, I hate to group them. But without giving you these people's names, I'd rather just give you themes. I mean, there's a theme of like a systematic problem with our gym class here. And I, I grew up in the United States. So the gym class is like a pretty bad experience for almost everybody, except like the couple star athletes. And the gym class at a young age, I think, similar to art class. It teaches a couple people in the room that they're good athletes, or that they're good artists but it teaches most of the room that they're not, you know, most kids didn't get to be the captain of the basketball team. You know, almost everyone in high school wasn't, you know, the star quarterback. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what November project is doing is it's opening the doors for people post-college or maybe in college, maybe in their thirties, forties, fifties, all the way up to our oldest members to say, we're all doing this and we're all equal. Mm And to me, the stuff around identity is wildly important. And that's the stuff that's thrilling to me. You know, the the story where someone comes up and says, you know, I didn't, I got into running because of November Project. I got into running because of November. Think about that. I got into running. The most simple sport, arguably the most affordable sport, one that everyone for the most part can do. I didn't get into running until November Project. And now I just ran my fill in the blank for first 5K. Some people say marathons. You know, we have a buddy who, showed up. He just showed up, as we say, to November Project in San Francisco. He was a lacrosse player from Ireland and just kind of a shaggy haircut and baggy shorts and just a guy, an Irishman, great spirit, great energy, not a runner named Patty. But his trajectory was not a runner here for some fitness, mostly social. This is kind of fun. You people are interesting. And Patty quickly became like the most popular guy in the group. And then he became a leader He was the leader of November Project San Francisco and through some pretty interesting, really tough times. Anyone that knows the documentary for November Project, Patty led with Laura in San Francisco and they went through some really interesting, hard times. They lost one of their members and he was a pivotal person in the leadership role. But that's not Patty's story. Patty became a professional trail runner and now he races in, you know, these 50K to 100 mile running races as a professional athlete sponsored by the North Face. So... You know, does November Project get to take credit for his energy and his story? Absolutely not. But we were along for the ride and gave him an opt-in to running. Um, I chose the story of Patty because it's an upbeat, fun one. But there's, there's a lot of really dark stories that I probably won't share that are, you know, I lost my husband. You know, I, I, lost, my, I lost my job. And, you know, I'm, I'm feeling so deep down, dark about life that I just, I don't know. But one thing I do know is that on Wednesday morning... If I'm a heap, if I'm a, a, just a total pile, if I'm, if I'm feeling worthless, if I'm feeling good, if it's raining, if I'm half asleep, if I'm hungover, I know that I can count on that group of people. And I always shy away from feeling like we can fix things or solve situations. I think of it more as like a spark or a glimpse or like just a, a high point in an otherwise normal day or terrible day or good day, you know, mm-hmm. if we can be that in cities around the world. Like that's the change in the interesting space that I like to be able to be near and hold. I can't take credit for it. I can't take credit for it in Kansas city or, in, or, or in, um, you know, or in Southern California or in Iceland or anything like I'm no longer in a leadership role, but I'm really proud of the leaders that get to do that. And, uh, and those are the stories you never get to hear, you know, and sometimes they, they find their way to the November project email and, and we, we share them between Boyne and I and Laura. And there is a, a channel amongst leaders. We call it payday because none of our leaders are paid. And every once in a while, you do need a spiritual re-up for why we do this. You know is, it, is, it, is leadership mostly fueling you? And if the answer is yes, that's okay. And if the answer is I think so, you might need to be reminded. And so sometimes these paydays come through. Someone will text their leader or they'll put something on social or they'll even email and say why this is affecting their life in a positive way, and so sometimes leaders will share this with other leaders if they have permission. That that to me is that's the power of all this. You know, we could be playing foosball in a bar. We could be you know we could be doing we, we could be doing anything. And so if it has that power, that's where it, it's not about running or fitness at all. It's just that's no. that's the that's the vessel, right? That's how we organize these pool balls to come together, and then we play this really great, powerful game of life. You know, so you can tell by the sound in my voice. I am like, I, I, I would, I would, I would think by now that my level of stoke or enthusiasm or like being impressed or being even entertained would have plateaued. We've been at this for a long, long time. And from the outside, you could maybe think it's a one trick pony of these workouts, but when these paydays come through and these stories are told and shared, I think that, I think that there's no end to this thing.
1: And that's goes back to kind of, you know, where we started, like, yeah. How do you
0: describe that to people, man? You, you gotta be there to feel it. You know, I do the guilt trip thing. Sometimes I do the guilt trip thing where I say, but kind of like a little bit of like a, like a disguise guilt trip. So I say to a lot of folks that are kind of on the edge that might, I wouldn't do this with someone who's like, no, but if someone's like, yeah, I might check that out. I say, look, as adults, we like to, many of us say that we like to try new things and meet new people. But We're not really practicing that much, are we? We're we're not, We're, we're just not. We're not trying that many new things. You know, you let's your favorite restaurant, you're gonna go there next time you can get a babysitter, you know? Yeah, yeah. Meet new people. How many people did you meet this month and remember their names and could recognize their face if you saw them randomly again on the bus, you know? And so a little bit of an angle of like, dude, we're just, be alive with us here. Meet new people, try new things, come on Wednesday and if you hate it, that's awesome. But then you'll know and then you'll at least have tried. And so sometimes that angle of recruiting is just enough. And so someone will say, well, but yeah, but what, yeah, but what is it? And it'll be like,
1: I can't help you there. I can't help you there. That's that's why the whole just show up sort of hashtag that you guys, it's just, it just
0: fits. I mean, what about you? Like what is, so what is, what, who, I mean, I hate to turn the mic back around. No, I don't. I love this. This is my favorite part of (laughs) it. What, what for you was um well t- tell me who who got you there first and then and then i love the experience so what what did you for how, how did you feel and show and then what was the main one or two things that were like could brought you back time and time again so what was your first who, who got you there
1: i gotta say there's a little uh little voyeurism involved because you know your brother dan who uh it was the second city right uh, madison yeah. he was involved yeah. in second city so i i knew your brother before this was even a thing I got to know him a little bit. And then from a distance uh, after, uh, uh, we, you know, we were sort of uh, working together and then he went one way and I went another way. And, but, I, you know, you follow you on social. And so I could see yeah. stuff that's happening I'm like, what is this? What is this? You know, I'm keeping in touch, whatever. And one day I say, I want to sit and really talk to him about it because it hadn't been in Ottawa. It hasn't, you know, at this point, maybe seven, eight cities. And, and you know, and, and I could hear his enthusiasm for it um and uh intrigued you know and at that point in time I just had it you know my daughter and I don't know what it is about parenthood maybe we'll talk about that a little bit but it just seemed like you know you, you opened so many horizons so it just became more curious about it more curious about it and when it came here and Liz and Lauren here the local leaders in Ottawa you know you get to hear listeners will hear their story too but uh when uh, I was actually Lauren had uh reached out to, to me on the uh, advice of uh, Dan. It's like, you know, I know one other guy in auto who will come out <laughs> when you right, get right. going. And, uh, and so that's how I came out. And to be honest, it wasn't, and, you know, I, you know, I, this is why I have a lot of questions about the, the leadership because, uh, you know, I have so much respect for Liz and Lauren and yeah, the workouts, you know, they vary and yeah, sometimes it's cold and some, you know, at first it's like uncomfortable because you don't really don't know how to dress for minus 30, at least in Ottawa. And, and, but you're together with 20, 25 people on a bridge in Ottawa in January and you're kind of going like, damn, what's everyone else doing? <laughs> you know, like where else would you want to be? And you have that feeling a few times and that's it. And so from there, obviously the friendships that have grown and just the stories and getting to learn people, learn about people and and their story and why they show up has always been fascinating. I mean, I geek out on that stuff all the time. It's kind of nature of my professional work, but uh, just to see it unfold and learn about these people in real time is, is a whole nother animal. And the special part for me it really does feel a little bit like adult recess. And as you're talking, I'm going, you know, one of the best, I guess, juxtapositions that you've, uh, that, that you propose that I've heard about it is really, it's like, you know what, it's kind of like there's gym class out there for fitness and not a lot of people like gym class. Remember a lot of people did not like gym class. Right. And then there's recess. Well, recess is a totally different feeling than gym class. Right. And then when you add on it, when my, my kid was old enough to kind of walk (laughs) and come out to some of the things and bring her bike with training wheels out to the parliament hill by the flame and have adult friends doing this crazy thing, uh, having, you know, these positive interactions as a parent, as a, from a dad's perspective, Mm -hmm. it's just cool to be able to not just me model what it is to be active and healthy and happy doing something that you like, but doing it with other people that there are yeah. communities and people out there that are the same way. And then the, of course, you know, the group embracing her and, and yeah. Liz and Lauren being just great, strong leaders. And again, we're all kind of modeling and you, you know, after you go a few times and I talk about this, cause this is a, a thing, a theme on my show. It's a theme in my writing is, you know, Tuesday night, you know, we go out Wednesdays, Wednesday mornings, when you think about what I'm doing tomorrow, you just automatically feel like you, you, you look forward to it. You have that feel like it feeling, which I talk about all the time, more people now, but it's one of the rare things that just like, yeah, it's an automatic. I can't wait to go and see people. I can't wait to see, it doesn't matter how hard you're going to work. Sometimes, you know, I'm going to be honest. I don't give it a hundred percent, but I'm a hundred percent there. Mm-hmm. And and that is something that I, why I love, you know, this whole, I just show up thing because it really is just about that. That's, you know, that's the hard work for a lot of people. The easy part is being there and soaking it up because the energy is so good.
0: That's really cool. And, and let's, let's, let's look at that a little bit closer. Well, first of all, the Tuesday night thing is, I love that. The Tuesday night thing is so good. We used to say Christmas comes, but once a week because, <laughs> the, because the NP everywhere has a Wednesday. So some cities have Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but. Going back to your gym class versus recess, how equalizing is that? Like, let's look at recess. Like, we remember recess, right? Like, so I was a big tall kid and I was an athlete and I was the captain of the basketball team. And so I was picking teams and I was out there on the court. We were playing basketball at recess, but I always noticed the kids on the wall or the kids that were playing double Dutch. Does that count as a sport? Well, it's movement. Okay. And then there's the kids who are playing hopscotch. Well, that's not a sport, but that's movement. And even the kids on the wall usually weren't alone. And so I think of the people that still go to November Project that are injured. I'm going to do push-ups at the foot of this 40-minute workout with hundreds of people. Even though they're not watching or judging or checking out your form, it gives you that accountability like they are. So I'm going to get these push-ups out here in the snow at November Project Ottawa. Even though my hamstrings messed up, I can do these push-ups as an injured person. I'm at the wall at recess. I'm not alone because they're seeing me the same way I could see someone on the wall at recess. It's like, equal. We're all outside. Then there is that star kid who's in the, who's in the mix. You know, Lauren in Ottawa married a guy who's probably going to win every workout, you know, but he gets something out of it too. And he's thrilled for recess. Right. And so back and forth in this, in this metaphor, in this analogy, I just think, I think there's really something there. And, and I wonder, and I've always wondered, especially in the last few years, like, is that a direction as we get, more into peloton more into 50 soul cycle classes like is there also going to be a branch of just fun you know there's like uh, what is it there's like the prison fitness thing in new york have you heard about this where they have you go into prison cells and do prison workouts and it's the workouts are led by former prisoners and so like you're just doing dips on like metal beds and pull-ups like from the rafters and like it just it's kind of similar to the stuff <laughs> we're doing right it's just like it's it's a concept that sounds kind of gimmicky and maybe that won't catch on like what if what if there was a whole nother subset of gym gyms and workout styles that are just for fun? Freeze tag. So this is a 60 minute freeze tag game. Okay, one, there's your lockers over there. Come on in. We're doing 60 minutes of freeze tag. And there is a gym membership fee, but but and then and then on Tuesdays we do dodgeball. So we're doing the 6 a.m. Uh, freeze tag and then at seven we do dodgeball and then capture the flags at eight, but a lot of people have to go to work. So that one's not really as well attended. Like what if that was that? What if that came to life? I don't know, man, like I was just, I was watching TV a couple nights ago with my wife and the commercial came on and she goes, she said to me, right when the commercial began, she goes, have you seen this? And I didn't know what we were looking at. And there's a product right now, I think it's called Mirror. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh, Mirror is a giant, it looks like it's about three feet wide, probably five or six feet tall, and you put it on your wall and, an image like a video image pops up almost like a genie <laughs> of a of a trainer and they talk you walk you through a upbeat workout and so you're air punching and air kicking into this mirror and you're looking also at yourself I guess and I just think to myself if they I mean that is the opposite of our gym class of our NP thing And so I think, I think there's going to be further further directions. Peloton is huge. People are, they want their workout and they want it to be really easy and right there. It's just for them. And then I think those of us crazy that do believe in pointing at each other, the community vibe, the togetherness, I think you're going to start to see that in different narrations, different, different styles, maybe even a paid for fun,
1: you know? Yeah, and maybe that's the part of the itch going back to the start, like the itch that's scratched is recess, the golden days of people's youths, right? And you know, your time where you're you're away from all the stresses of school and even the the structure and, and you know, some of the the horrors of gym class. Like this is your time. Meet up with your friends, talk about stuff, get moving, follow your nose, do things that you're interested in. And November Project just is the ideal platform to for people to tap into that again. And remind themselves that yeah we're still you know humans that need to to play and relax and and you you said the word fun right i mean that's like an f word to some people right it's vulgar i mean fitness is fun come on fitness is about self-punishment come on man i mean the november project movement is just completely debunking that whole concept
0: well i appreciate you saying i think I think there's going to be a subset of, of different, especially with mental health being on the rise and being more mainstream and meditation being more mainstream and, and the way people spend their time. I think we've come and hopefully in and hopefully out of this period where everyone brags about how busy they are. But I think there's going to be more options of ways to practice positive spirituality through movement. And maybe for $50 in 45 minutes, Soul Cycle will burn more calories than what Lauren and Liz are offering you at November Project. So that's what you get. You get more calories burnt in that studio in New York City for 50 bucks. And if that and if, it, if that's what it's about, calories burnt and cardiovascular fitness, as your number one thing, SoulCycle then beats out November Project Ottawa. Great. Turn the page. Spirituality, fun, social, and modeling for your four-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Where is SoulCycle on that list? And now you're faced with an interesting choice. It's like, What if November Project was slightly less good for you, fitness-wise? But in all these other categories, it clears your mind and sets you into the best day of your week. I think a lot of us are gonna go to the one that just makes you feel better in more ways. Being really beat down from a workout is a small percentage of people, I think, in November Project. And I used to get very offended by that because I used to think, Back in the day, 2014, 15, we used to win awards, best workout in, in Boston, best, you know, with all the gyms and we were the best workout. And I thought that's the way November Project should be. And we've decided not to hold November Project too tightly and just see what it's become. And what it's become is maybe maybe the best workout if you push yourself and maybe the most social group in town if you participate. You know, the power of a sunset that starts. November Project in Malaysia and in Hong Kong, they kick off November Project and then pass, as that shadow passes over the earth. I mean, look, you can tell I'm trying to be epic and poetic, but like, come on, fight back on that. The sun rises in what we call the Far East out there in Hong Kong and in Malaysia. And I'm not talking about Kuala Lumpur, I'm talking about a small fishing village in a place called Miri. Miri Sarawak, is the, Sarawak is the state, Miri is the name of the city. It's an old, they were the first place in, India, uh, in, in Malaysia to discover oil, which what put them on the map um, 25 years ago. They're in the jungle. Their workout starts at 5.15. November Project Miri starts at 5.15 a.m. Why? Because that's what'll work there. And they start the sunrise when we're all in bed or going to bed. And so that they pass as that shadow peels back, just like your covers did this morning. And the light touches the earth. They're passing. November projects, that bounce, that togetherness, they're passing it to the four locations in in Eastern Europe with Novi Sad in, in Serbia. Again, like Miri, it's not the city in Serbia. And again, in Iceland, in Amsterdam, in London, and then they, then they pass it across the Atlantic Ocean, the sun is rising on the planet Earth, and these cities get to go off on the Eastern seaboard, pass it across North America, and we finish in the far west coast you know, out there in Victoria, out there in Los Angeles. It's like, come on, how good is that? And it's all just this fun togetherness thing. Christmas comes but once a week. Wednesday is epic. But man, I just, I I don't know. I'm really really inspired by what you said about bringing your daughter to November Project because, you know, parents who put their kids in a running stroller, which I do from time to time, it's kind of a nightmare. Um, They see their dad or mom come in the house after a run kind of sweaty and feeling good, right? And they see the running shoes and they kind of know that we have a hamper full of wet clothes every day of the week in my house. Like that kind of counts as modeling. But for your tiny four and a half year old daughter to look at you, hug a stranger, and share a sunrise with her dad, and watch you communicate physically with strangers and new people, Watch you introduce someone to someone, someone to her, her to someone. Like Tonya in Milwaukee in, in the November Project documentary talked about modeling for her kids. It's one of my favorite lines in the entire movie. Modeling for her kids. And you do it. And I, I'm I'm getting there, you know. But this idea of you know, we, grew, we, you there's no way you and I had that as little boys. We did not look at our dads or moms and see a posse of adults acting silly and hardcore, funny, silly, fun, weatherproof and bouncing around in spandex or denim jorts or whatever, you know, like costumes, like, you know, burpees, these things like they will shape these little creatures that the world has given us as as dads, you know? And so what, what, what will that mean when we're old guys and we're looking at the world that they're running? I don't know. I watched my mom talk to the cashier. So I'm, I've been programmed to talk to the cashier. That's what you do. Instead of just buying the pineapple and giving them cash. You, part of that interaction is you talk to them. Maybe you find out where they how much time do you have? How much time does it take to buy, to buy a pineapple? I might have enough time to recruit them to NP, you know? So like back and forth, right? So it's like, so you are programming your little robot at least slightly to know about community. And fitness is somewhere on that list, but like know about the fact that an adult man who is like a legit guy and a legit member of his community, he's allowed to hug another adult man. And that's not weird.
1: You know, sometimes it's hard to get, you know, your kid up in the morning. Sometimes you got to kind of pull the covers back. But when I say you want to come with dad in November project, she is up faster than anything I could propose to her. And that to me, you know, at least for me, you don't have to sell it (laughs) any more than that. So I want to say like, thank you so much, Brogan, for sharing all the passion clearly and pulling the curtain back on how a November project has evolved. And uh, I look forward to the next eight, nine years to
0: see where it goes. I don't know what we're building this ship as we're kind of heading out into the ocean still. But we can only do it by sharing it with more people. So thank you for for having this space and and for building it there in Ottawa.
1: All right, there goes Brogan Graham. And I have to say, here comes some heavy gratitude for his appearance on the show this week. I was sorry for that to end, not going to lie. But for you guys, it doesn't have to. Go out and try November Project if you've never done so, if there's one in your city, if there's a chapter in your city. But you can also put some film to his philosophy and check out the short documentary called Showing Up which is on YouTube right now. And I'll link to that in the show notes. Really, really cool documentary. In the end, there's a reason that November Project has thrived. And I mean, this very week, the 2019 November Project Summit is going down in Las Vegas. Thousands of people from dozens of cities are there to celebrate the movement. They're running in the Vegas Rock and Roll Race Weekend. Now, how many actually cross the finish line after three days in Vegas is yet to be decided. But the movement has certainly captured a lot of hearts. And count me in too, because although I'm counting the money I'm not losing at the blackjack tables this week, the Summit experience is a powerful one. I went to Milwaukee last year. I loved it. But each week is pretty special, in my opinion. And next week, in part two of my November Project feature, we're going to dig down a little bit more on my home chapter with co-leaders Lauren Carter and Elizabeth McKenzie. And spoiler alert, Brogan was right they're pretty freaking awesome. So thanks again for dropping in. Why not take a moment and subscribe to the podcast or follow me on Instagram at kelly.dell, D-O-E-L-L. And until next time, here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.